0: Old School Lame Casual Chats is brought to you by Old School Lame. Producing various content from blogs, videos, and podcasts discussing about movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else in between since 2011. You can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. We're associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Aaron Meta Show. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Casual Chat. I'm Patricia. My name is Aaron. So, yeah, we had just finished watching the latest of the Netflix films that we have been tuning into for quite a bit. I
1: don't think anyone was expecting us to do chicken out of this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Netflix has been on a roll lately. I mean, first they had Nimona, then they had Leo, and now we're talking about the latest feature, which is quite a surprise considering on where it first started off. We're talking about Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget, which is the sequel to the 2000 stop-motion animated film produced by DreamWorks and Aardman Animation Chicken Run.
1: Yeah, and so uh, just to uh, reflect on this, like uh, we were talking about before in, in an episode of Aaron Patricia that uh, you know, uh, Netflix Animation right now is doing very well in this regard and to the point where now Netflix is going to start taking it more seriously there's going to be you know, an animation studio and uh, now they're going to be doing more of this stuff, so I mean like uh, whether Aardman's going to have a future in all of this is uh, yet to remain to be seen, but uh, I mean like uh, right now, I mean um, 2023 in regards to Animation for Netflix I think it's been a pretty strong one.
0: I think we can agree. I do agree. So yeah, let's uh, do a quick recap for those who had missed out on Chicken Run, especially since it came out... 23 years ago, if you can believe.
1: Well, I mean, like, uh, let's keep it brief, because if you really like want an in-depth analysis, I think, of Chicken Run, I think I would say go check out Jame Machine and check out our Chicken Run uh, episode. Yes, yeah. I would say
0: for that. So, okay. yeah, Chicken Run, which is a... Uh, yeah, so Chicken Run is based off of the ideas from Nick Park and... Uh, Peter Lord, the guys who created Army Animation, so the premise is very simple, you have a group of chickens who are trying to escape from their farm, known as the Tweety Farm, so that they can be able to make their way to freedom, because they are in the constant fear of laying eggs, otherwise that they'll be killed off, and so a rooster comes along named Rocky who Ginger thinks is able to fly and can teach them to fly so that they can be able to escape, but Rocky's wing is broken and he's unable to do it, and he tries to teach him how to fly, but very unsuccessfully. Meanwhile, we have Mrs. Tweedy, the matriarch of the Tweedy farm, who is tired of minuscule profits. And so she comes up with the idea of purchasing a large machine that can be able to make chicken pies. And so she wants to be able to utilize that. And this is what keeps the intensity of chicken run, where the chickens now have to escape. Otherwise, they're going to be made into pies. So yeah, Chicken Run was a major success when it first came out, and it had garnered a lot of acclaim from critics and viewers, and it is still to this day the highest grossing stop-motion animated film
1: yeah and uh, actually i was going to actually ma- update that you, actually, We actually mentioned that to you so that you remember it. like it is but still to this day so for 1999 uh Chicken room was 2000. 2000 actually and uh so i mean it's kind of still weird though to think about this even though you and i just like you know just to maybe just a couple of hours re- removed from you know watching dawn of the nugget that this is still an actual thing like you know uh what was it tw- it's now been 23 years yes. since yes removed from the original by the way in the beginning of the movie they had to do a recap of uh you Know, saying oh this is what happened in the first movie yeah effectively and uh, you know like which is kind of strange really because if you go on netflix right now you know you can still watch chicken run and uh, not only can you watch it on netflix i mean um you can also watch it on disney plus as well uh you know here in the at least here in the uk yeah so i mean we've watched it so we watched the original chicken run just as a refresh on disney plus and now we go over to netflix and we finally watched all another nuggets. and uh, so i guess um some initial feedback i think maybe to begin with so um i would say that uh, I mean, anyone who's expecting, you know, uh, this to be chicken run down to the T. I mean, uh, obviously, there is a lot of liberty, I think, in regards to this one. Because, first of all, as we all know in the controversy of all this, the original voice actors are not involved in all of this. Yes. and uh, So, which, uh, I mean, I guess when looking at the voice acting, you know, if we have to isolate that out, is that, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, there were some times where it's kind of like, yeah, that didn't really sound that much like Ginger, but... But, uh, I mean, it was very close So, yeah. like. I mean, I would say that, you know, in regards to this being, to be fair, to say that this is a movie that's 23 years removed from the original. I mean, let's just say for argument's sake that the voice, uh, you know, the cast wasn't available and they had to replace these people. I mean, they did a very good job in trying to cast the people who actually, you know, to sound like the characters that they were back in the 2000s.
0: Yeah. Movie. Now, let's uh, reiterate for those who have not tuned into Aaron and Patricia years ago and heard. Heard about the announcement regarding about Julie Swahala, who was the original voice of Ginger, not being brought in to do Dawn of the Nugget because of ageism. They thought that she was too old to portray as Ginger. And so she literally had to do a video interview discussing about why it was a terrible idea. And she even re-recorded her old lines back to back with, you know, what chicken run and then what she sounded like currently. And she didn't sound too bad. And pretty much everybody from the internet was just really upset about the whole ageism and voice acting not being appreciated as an art form and as a creative way of expressing characters on the big screen. Yeah, I the- mean
1: I've, I've reiterated this in Aaron and Patricia that I think that, uh, you know, it was a it was a bad idea not to bring her back yes. in, in this, and uh, given the fact that he, she still plays and by the way, also, you know, Ginger mate, the, the way that they put this is that uh, apparently it is still like going right off, you know, the original movie like 23 years ago which, you know, is, um, really, you know, even then, the fact that there's only a small time jump, I mean, like, you know, Ginger is getting older, you know, at this point, so it would have made more sense to ca- still cast the original voice act- actor in this. Exactly,
0: like, they were able to bring back Imelda Staunton as B- uh, Bunty, they were able to bring back Lynn Ferguson as Mac, they were able to bring back Jane Horrocks as Babs, and, another character as another character but we'll get into that when we get into major spoilers but yeah they were able to bring back them to reprise their roles and for the other actors where they had to replace I can completely understand first of all Mel Gibson as Rocky I mean I'm sure that you guys know in recent years of the amount of controversial things that he has done over the years Um, we're not going to say what it is because we don't want to get ourselves into massive discussion about all of the stuff he's done but yeah
1: I mean like yeah, let's just say that, you know, uh, Ardman and Mel Gibson don't see it eye to eye in yeah. regards to things, and so therefore, it was not a good idea to bring Mel Gibson back into this role. But I mean, like, his replacement, I mean, like, uh, I don't mind it. I think, uh, you know, it is a like for light replacement. That's what uh, they got for Rocky, so. yeah.
0: And as for the other characters, like Benjamin Withrow as Fowler, it makes a lot of sense why he was replaced because he passed away several years ago, and so the May- worst
1: thing they could do is replace him with AI but you know yeah yeah, that was the worst thing they potentially could have done with him
0: yeah and as for Timothy Spall as Nick and Phil Daniels as Fetcher they were replaced as well and again it makes a lot of sense because they're pretty prolific actors so I take it they were really busy with uh, their acting performances so but again like we were saying earlier the um, the the, the actors that they were able to cast in the current um, Nick and Fetcher were actually pretty good so yeah I wouldn't say any major complaints about that
1: yeah and uh, so I guess also the animation as well I mean I, mean, I think it's fair, it's well, it's arm animation. It's well done, and uh, the fact that uh, the one thing that was interesting though is that we after we watched the movie, we watched the making as well. And so while they admitted that they used uh, CGI to get rid of like some of like you know the, the dust, yeah, uh, you know, some of the dust and imperfections of that, they still kept like you know the thumbprints and like all the fingerprints and everything like that to make it feel more like you know very genuine and uh, very half heart- you know, very humble. I think, and uh, I really love the fact that they basically done that. I and, do uh, agree. By the way, after you've watched the movie i would definitely recommend that you go watch the making because some of the stuff that they do is phenomenal like, it is you know, it is like you know uh, by the way i mean i guess this isn't really a spoiler at this point because you know it was, it was shown in the trailer but mrs tweedy's back in this yes and, she is uh, but the way that they introduce her i think you know what the way that they introduced her i really think that they should have kept her a secret you know like they shouldn't like it you know they, maybe they should have hinted at her in the trailer but not actually like, bring it up and I, I don't get me wrong like you know the fact that there was so much you know social media buzz after that i guarantee you like, like, it was pretty much good advertising to do that. But, you know, I think the impact would have been far bigger, I think, if they just kept it a secret. and Maybe hinted at the fact that Mrs. Tweedy was going to be returning. Or, you know, because, you know, we could have been speculating. Imagine if they'd only shown her walking down the stairs and cut it at that. And we're like, well, this can't be surely Mrs. Tweedy. Maybe it's a sister. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's something to her. But, you know, um, we the fact that we knew from the get-go that it was Mrs. Tweedy, I mean, like, uh, it did take away a bit of the impact i from that, I do agree. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a shame, really, because I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Arben's decision. Maybe it was a Netflix decision. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, you know, it would have been more effective if you saw you saw how painstaking they did. You know, to, to get her walking down those stairs, all the lights, all the the movements, things like that. The fact that you know uh, they had to do it with and without the boots, you know, to uh, you know get get it all right. You know, they, they went to painstaking detail to do the Tweedy reveal, and the fact that it was given away in the trailer is kind of in, you know not justified.
0: I do you know, agree. To do that.
1: I think they should have just, you know, the fact that they went to such a length for that one scene, you know, like, uh, I really feel like they should have, like, you know, just kept it a secret. Yeah. I think.
0: And speaking of Mrs. Tweedy, she is uh, she is reprised Miranda Richardson reprises her role as Mrs. Tweedy, and yeah, she does a really phenomenal job. She really captures that creepy essence of Mrs. Tweedy from the first film, but at the same time, just has that little edge where she basically just wants to be able to make this second attempt of chickens and food so that she can be able to get revenge on what happened in the first I movie. would
1: go even further than that. She actually looks like a supervillain. Yes. She she looks like a supervillain. She
0: looks like a supervillain from a spy movie.
1: I mean, we were comparing it to Syndrome from The Incredibles.
0: Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of little details that definitely captures that 1950s, 1960s aesthetic, which is really great. Because, I mean, we, I don't know if you noticed this, Aaron, but when they showed off the newspaper clippings of, like, the chickens escaping, it said the date, and it was 1950. 1950- 52.
1: Yeah, so like uh, this so I guess this takes place a couple of years
0: after 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 that after,
1: i think after so I, yeah yeah and the fact that uh, you know also i mean like again i don't know when chicken nuggets were invented so like uh, i mean i'm i'm, I'm might be flimsy on the details of that but uh, obviously the fact that you know the, the the chicken nugget was like a new thing at that time and uh, i'm guessing maybe it was predating you know the fast food industry i guess at that point i mean
0: it makes a lot of sense considering that you know mcdonald's had started around the mid-50s
1: yeah so i mean i guess they, they were trying to catch on to that thing the time. So, yeah, in fact,
0: I'm actually looking at it right now. Chicken nuggets were invented in the 50s. Wow. So,
1: uh, they were
0: They were correct on this.
1: Who actually invented them? Was it McDonald's or was it like, uh, you know, interesting to see who actually came up with the, yeah, with the idea. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to look it up myself, but, um, yeah, I, let me just, uh, yeah, it says right here that chicken nuggets were invented in the 1950s by a food scientist professor named Robert C. Baker at Cornell University.
1: Cornell University. Uh, so, like, uh, this... So this basically ended up, like, uh, you know, um, I guess in the... By the way, in the chicken... We're talking about in the chicken room world. So this was invented in, like, their secret layer And then all of a sudden, like, you know, um, I'm guessing in their world it was sort of invented that way, not invented in university, I guess? Or maybe, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know, like, uh, it's, mind you, let's stick to chicken run, let's not go into theories. I mean, yeah, like, exactly,
0: yeah. but yeah, I mean, I am just really love the fact that they were able to get into that detail, where, you know, essentially in the first movie, where it did take place in the 1950s, and Fowler was mentioning about the RAF days, making it seem like it was a long time ago, which made sense, because you know, World War Two was around the late 30s to the mid-40s, and so, you know, going into, like, that time passing, and he was an already an older bird so it made sense in that context and so given the fact that chicken nuggets were invented in the 1950s and the movie takes place in the 1950s and the aesthetic of it from the commercial when we first see the farms to the presentation of mrs Tweedy and what the um you know what the the main fa- uh, the main farm factory looks like it looks immaculate it looks great
1: yeah definitely it kind of reminds me of tracy island from thunderbirds and again i know patricia you've not seen thunderbirds yet no. and so you know what well, yeah you've been to England, so many times. I've yet to introduce it to Thunderbirds. I know. Yeah, like and, and by the way, it's not the um, you know the thing that you know where was his face, you know McFly or whatever the band was you know singing about. It's not. It's not. It's not that Thunderbirds. Gotcha. Like, you know the the, thunder, the 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 marionette puppets that you know where we're being done uh, at the time. So um, anyway, moving back to chicken it's a chicken run. So um, I mean, yeah, the aesthetic of this is pretty. By the way, um, I love the bird sanctuary. I in do this. Too. Like you know, like the, how, the fact that they make this, this immense. Well, by the way. You know some of the designs of this doesn't it kind of remind you of Breath of the Wild in y- Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I guess it does. I get the feeling some people are like were fans of Legend of Zelda in that because some of like you know the as you know the the uh, you know when you get, you get by the way Molly you know when she she goes up into the tree and sees like the, you know from uh, away from the island and sees like you know all the world away and uh, it just took me back to like you know when we first saw the Breath of the Wild trailer and we saw how open and you know immaculate you know the world was and how it, inviting it was to explore. You know I get the feeling they took some inspiration from. This. That.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, somebody at Ardman must have really loved Breath of the Wild.
1: I, I guess so. Yeah, because look at the designs of this place. Yeah, and uh, they, they made the whole world so so, so inviting. And maybe that, that was the, that was the idea because we're introduced to Molly in this. And by the way, like you know, I love Molly.
0: I love her too. Oh, she is I so amazing and performed brilliantly by Bella Ramsey. Which, by the way, she is on a roll later
1: Exactly. Yeah. But this is the greatest thing about this. They take the best bits of Rocky and take the best bits of Ginger and created Molly.
0: And she's okay. fantastic. She stands on her own right, yet at the same time, she is a reference to both characters done completely correctly. This
1: is a, this is what you do with a child character, effectively. When you've established two characters, and then you say, "Okay, well, this is going to be a family now." This is what you do with this character, you know, with characters like this. Yes, and, you know, how many times? I mean, to be fair, this is fan fiction, and this is like fan art and stuff like that. I mean, how many times have we seen, like, you know, we're just like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to create a character and basically just, you know, uh, put my idea of what this." Character Character is just for like you know uh, to have them stand out, but no, you don't always have to do that. You can take two you know characteristics of like you know of mother and father and put them together, or mother and mother, father and father, whatever you want want, want to do. And uh, you know you, you take them and basically you can create a character of your own, uh, basically by doing that. You don't necessarily have to put like you know a completely different personality on somebody basically to get them to stand out. I think the way that they've done the Oddman animation have done Molly, I think you know is a um, I think is a template of what. what. ...what you could do with other characters in the future, I think. I think they've done it terrifically.
0: I think so, too. Yeah, especially since I've seen it done wrong several times. Like, Little Mermaid 2, for example, in which they had the character of Melody... ...who is um, Prince... ...you know, they have Prince Eric and Ariel's daughter. And, yeah, she's supposed to be just like her mother... ...where she's very free-spirited and she wants to be able to visit the sea. And she gets tricked and manipulated by Morgana... ...and then she has to be able to save Atlantica right before it's being taken over... It's like, I've seen this before, and it was done terribly, but, you know, again, uh, Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget was able to do a great job, and... I'm really happy that they were able to have a movie featuring a mother-daughter because the last time that I saw this was in Turning Red and yeah, they did a really good job at that too but you know, it's a little bit of a different relationship.
1: Yeah, but uh, I, mean, um, I mean, comparing with Little Mermaid too, I mean, yeah, I mean, Melody, I mean, it's, it's all, I mean, I know Melody has her fans and everything like that, I, I get that but uh, I mean, like, uh, let's be honest, this, the way that Chicken Run has done this is a better mother-daughter relationship than Ariel and Melody, unfortunately. Yeah, so, like, I, I uh, mean, yeah. if, in in
0: fact, if you want to see a great example of this done, this kind of concept done right, watch Dawn of the Nugget because it's almost like they were able to take that formula of, you know, um, Ginger being afraid of showing Molly outside of the bird sanctuary and- By uh, the her- way,
1: like if you watch the uh, the the making of this movie, we didn't actually, we were originally going to have uh, Molly, we were going to have like a guy called Nobby and he was basically going to be a father-son relationship Yes, that was going to be going on, but so then they realized what they had and they changed that and that was a great change. Change.
0: I do agree. And yeah, Nobby, I'm sure, would have been a really interesting decision. I mean, he's kind of like this geeky kind of chicken with big glasses and knobbly knees. And yeah, it would have been focusing more on a father son yeah, relationship. Yeah, but we, 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 I mean, here's the thing
1: about this. Like, you know, we've sort of had, like, you know, kind of like the weird geeky characters for a while now. Like, you know, where we had Mirabelle from Encanto, and uh, we've had, like, you know, various other examples of that. And it's, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, those type of characters are fun to be around. But let's be honest, we've had quite a lot of them recently recently and it's kind of refreshing to have someone like molly i do you know, agree yeah it gives them, give them a bit of variety into what's into that so i think and also there's a lot of kids i think that would relate to molly i do agree i think you know like uh, and uh, i'm pretty sure also some parents also would kind of like look at themselves also as well kind of have a bit of self-analysis i mean you, it's a great family movie in that regard <laughs> there's people here who actually kind of like imagine having a family like that and kind of like, they can just see themselves in these characters i mean I like, can, it's can, great. You, can
0: you imagine if the family consisted of like like people who had watched the movie 23 years ago when they were kids and then like 23 years later, they grow up and then they're watching it with their kids and they're seeing kind of like a similar experience to what they what they saw the first time.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I mean, here's the thing about the uh, everyone's role in all of this because Ginger was the person who you know was trying to come up with the plans because she wanted to escape because she didn't want to be you know fenced in and everything like that. And then now, uh, unfortunately, the tables have turned for Ginger because she's become so you know um, obsessed with, well, not obsessed, but I think just so caring and maybe overly passionate about protecting Molly that she has you know pretty much kept Molly herself penned in to this island and will not let her go yeah and uh, you know and even molly you know you know i love this scene where you know she says look you may have given me everything but i, d- I don't have everything there's one thing that you, that you won't give me and, she, and uh ginger says well what's that and she's just she just says Qu-, she's quietly freedom and that, that is a, m-
0: that that nailed it
1: that's a mic drop isn't it yeah
0: that just nailed it Perfectly, Because in the first movie, Ginger was hoping to escape so that she can be able to experience freedom from being trapped in Tweety's farm. But now she's trapping her own daughter in the birth sanctuary and not letting her go for the sake of protecting her because she doesn't want her to go through the same thing that she went through. And, you know, we even overlook Rocky, the fact that he was from the circus. He was a performance animal. So I'm sure that he kind of went through something similar as well.
1: I got the feeling that Molly manipulated her dad quite a bit by saying, uh, oh, well, you know, look at this poster. You are very cool. And, like, uh, they, you know, trying to, you know, she knows her dad far too well. <laughs> he, he, like, I love the fact that, you know, he, she manages to get Rocky basically just to open up about, like, his time in the circus and, like, everything that happened. And so, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, cause, and also, I mean, you're going to kind of put, unfortunately, you kind of got to put some of this on Ginger because, like, you know, there's times where you just have to, like, I know you want to protect your daughter, but, I mean, like, you know, the only way that you, you know, prevent... Events of the past reoccurring is to basically teach your future generations of basically what happened. Like, yeah, like you know, it's like uh, there's reasons why you know um, his- historical events are retold. You know, time and time again. I actually like the uh, the, the the opening of this because you know they re- they um, reflect on basically what's happened to them, and then but then I think they take away the wrong lesson from it. Is that oh well, we don't want uh, you know our child to basically go through what we had to go through. But uh, and then. Basically, try and cover, you know, put away, you know, those those things in the past. But you know, it's um, you know, it's kind of like the debate that you have, like you know, with the Incredibles, for example, because you know, you got Mister Incredible who thinks that you know, oh, you know, our kids should know about like you know, our be embrace our superpowers and what makes us special and everything like that. And then you have you know, Elastigirl on the other side who says, no, we have to protect our family because you know, you've got us all into trouble, you know, before times, and we don't want to move away again, and we want to protect what we have because what we have is special and so he's like this conflicting kind of thing that you know that's funny because um i mean i would have like i mean do we do get me wrong we get that between rocky and ginger uh, but not too much of it unfortunately and i would have actually kind of liked that if like you know rocky took the role of mr incredible and ginger took the role of elastigirl in in this in in a way i think that would have been an interesting kind of conversation and we do get bits of that but you know not enough to like unfortunately like the adventure as well it overtakes you know any like uh um, you know, the conversations that we have between like our two characters in this regard.
0: Yeah. I, I take it that Rocky is just following ginger's orders because she's the leader amongst the group. I mean, she literally wears the pants in the family. He is literally a hen pecked husband.
1: <laughs> oh my, you know, now that you say that out loud, I didn't even think about that. Good grief. Wow. Um, so and, and,
0: and I do like the fact that Rocky has taken over as the rooster of the bird sanctuary where it was before it was Fowler and, yeah. he's, and he's, since retired, which makes a lot of sense. He does.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so, um, um, the great thing about this is is that, uh, I mean, you know, you, these characters are now getting the chance to be far more explored than I think they were because before it was just about, you know, escaping the, chick- about, uh, escaping the chicken farm yeah. and everybody else was kind of dragged in for the ride whereas, you know, this takes moments to pause and, like, you know, kind of concentrate on, like, you know, the, you know, the evolution of our characters. The fact that Ginger now has become a mom and uh, she is now got to be protective of her daughter but realising that, you know, she can't really run away from her past and, like, you know, uh, the fact that she also you know uh, was uh, lo- you know longed for freedom you know to give you know the same type of freedom to to molly and everything she sort of kind of forgets that in wanting to protect her daughter and she has to kind of rediscover that you know throughout the, throughout the movie and uh, you know i think rocky also as well like uh, while he also wants to reflect on the past he does have to realize that you know his uh, co- actions do have consequences right. in that regard so i think you know he goes through that evolution as well i mean the only three kind of characters i think that really don't go for any like type of evolution. I mean, I guess you could say the rats do kind of go through some kind of evolution by say, oh, we're not really caring, you know, too much about, just, it's not just business anymore, like, you know, Molly's actually part of our family now and we do care about her who we want to go rescue her, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much. So I think, you know, maybe they go for a little bit of evolution but, you know, the one the criticism I think I'd have for the movie, that everyone kind of, kind of remains a little bit the same, really. Yeah, you, their... you have
0: essentially Bunty, who's the strong one, Babs is kind of like the daffy one, you have Mac, who's the smart one, Fowler is the, uh, the old war veteran so yeah they do kind of like stick to their same personas that they had with the first movie you would have thought that maybe they would have gotten a little bit more evolution since then but not really they just stick to the status quo
1: yeah like so i mean i guess i'll side characters and uh, don't really get that much attention but i guess because there's so much going on in this movie i mean there's, there's not really much chance to give them screen time on this and keep this in mind like you know stop motion animation it is a painstaking you know uh, art form to like you know just the get like you know a couple of frames in let alone like you know get a segment of a story and, yeah you know, like, like that
0: opening sequence alone it took six months for them to do
1: exactly so like uh, you know and you can imagine how uh, i think there's one thing i think that holds back um you know some stop motion animation movies from like you know truly being epics because you don't really have that much opportunity in the story to develop the characters because you even saw in the making like when they had the script you know there was a guy who had to kind of like meet you know the script and the animation all in the middle and say there's certain things that we can like you know do and there's certain things that we can't do and things have to kind of evolve over the time mm-hmm. if you will so maybe that is probably like uh, you know and I'm sure there's people going to be say like, you're all about El Toro's no Pinocchio and everything like that but uh, I mean uh, at the same time like you know it is a, it is a you know a very fine art to like you know meet the story and the animation in the middle and uh, I think that was you know um, really you know if you watch the making that point is really put in quite quite significantly. There's a lot of time to do the you know time to do the animation and then there's time like you know, do the story and then there's the music and everything like that. But then meeting all that in the middle is a is a challenge within itself.
0: Yeah, and you have to understand that the fact that it took 23 years for this movie to be made, I'm sure that they wanted to be really ambitious with the sequel. I mean we already know about the makings of Chicken Run and how it was a collaboration between Aardman and then Dreamworks. And then after DreamWorks and Aardman had stopped working together after they released Flushed Away, DreamWorks went off and did their own thing, and then Aardman was going through a bit of a struggle. First they had The Fire, Mm -hmm. and then they were focusing more on doing CGI animated films with a mixture of stop motion, and then they released several movies that didn't exactly meet up to their standard, like uh, The Pirates' Adventures of Scientists. I mean, that was a fun movie, but it's not one that is like one of their most remembered ones, and I'm sorry, I do not like Early Man. I think that the thing that was like keeping them afloat for the longest time was definitely Sean the Sheep.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, sure, she was a phenomenon, so I think yeah, we, we exactly. can all agree on that, so I think there was that, but, uh, I mean, you know, going back to Chicken Run, uh, just for that, I think, uh, you know, um, with this, I think, uh, will, I mean, uh, will Chicken Run now get it more more of a resurgence? I mean, I mean, we, it's too early to tell at this point. I mean, like, I'm sure, if it starts trending on Netflix and it you know, starts getting more attention in that regard, and uh, I don't know, maybe if, you know, the BBC decides to, like, oh, hey, we're going to pick this up, then, like, uh, maybe then, you know, there might be, you know, some sort of, like, you know, uh, you know, resurgence in regards to interest in chicken run i mean i'm hoping
0: but, so but then again 2023 was a stellar year for great animated films it
1: was yeah and also you know where uh, there's a lot of netflix stuff that's in there also on top of that as well we know what netflix's business model is it's basically to try and get new people in and then once it's got those new people it's kind of like you know um it doesn't really care if you kind of keeps hold of them not as long as you kind of bringing in new viewers it doesn't really like you know the people within the existing pool kind of like you know just uh, you know we have to kind of like put up with whatever whoever's in the pool effectively yeah. and uh, then you know this is the thing like uh, you know then you get people kind of falling out and then you get people coming in again it's just it's uh, you know um, that's the reason why like you know you have people who aren't loyal to a uh, subscription based at this point you know like uh, you've got i mean obviously you got people who are loyal to disney plus because you know there's uh, the D- you know the disney brand is going to be is it- transcends decades and stuff like that i mean don't get me wrong netflix has been around for a significant p- period of time but uh, i mean um, if they really want to keep hold of the people who really love chicken run i think they're gonna have to do more chicken or have to do more admin stuff in in, in general yeah, and like, stuff like that I mean, more did... Wallace and Gromit more you know other maybe more creature comforts maybe mm. you know uh, more other stuff that you know Ardman are, are well known for like uh, it may be something that they may have to hold on to for a significant period of time to keep those fans on board
0: yeah it just makes me wonder if Ardman is going to team up with Netflix to do their productions
1: Yeah, it does make me wonder like I mean given the fact that they now have an animation you know they're going to get Netflix animation you know up and running and uh, they are going to be you know dedicating some time to this I mean to be honest with you though I think the easiest thing they basically could do is like you know oh hey. You, you, you know, call the Alan Sandler and ask him to do Leo 2. Mm. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, right now, just going back to Chicken Run, I think, uh, you know, what we've seen here, you know, in regards to, you know, the music, in regards to the animation, in regards to, you know, everything that we've seen, I think it's a fantastic
0: movie. I do agree. Yeah. So let's continue with it. And again, we're going to go into some major spoilers. So if you have not seen Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget, go watch it.
1: And by the way, anyone saying, well, you spoiled by Mrs. Tweedy? He's like, well, I mean, I'm sorry you didn't see the trailer and so the, you know, the social media but and everything like that. So, sorry if you've, uh, you know, been sorry totally spoiled on that tidbit already, but that kind of wasn't really a spoiler. We already knew that to begin with.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, so moving on. So, Molly decides that she's going to find freedom by leaving the bird sanctuary, and then she meets up with another chicken named Frizzle, which, uh, by the way, you were telling me that you kind of recognized the accent that it was from Liverpool?
1: Yeah, it was. It was a Scouser accent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she talks much more differently than the other chickens, which, by the way, if you guys are... Um, wondering about where this takes place in we found out in the first movie that this is taking place in Yorkshire where specifically in Yorkshire I'm not sure but definitely around the countryside so hearing a you know a, a chicken from Liverpool mixed in with some Yorkshire chickens is actually pretty funny
1: yeah it is and uh, you know I like Frizzle in this like yeah, you know, yeah. she's, a, she's, she's a, like uh, I think she's a perfect companion I think uh, for, uh, uh, for Molly in this now where this companionship goes I mean <laughs> we're not entirely sure I mean like uh, I mean it's- Sometimes during the film, like you know, they said, uh, you know, they seem to say some like very endearing things to one another, and it's like, is this a re- is this a lesbian relationship that they're going with? Or I have is no this, idea. Is it just like you know, a very, you know, just a deep friendship that they want to have because obviously they have that bond with one another? Like, uh, it's interesting if they do decide to go in that direction, you know, if they go do any further chicken run sequels and see if they, like, you know, they make that relationship even bigger. I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do. Yeah. But uh, I'm pretty sure we'll find out soon enough.
0: Yeah, sure. But, yeah, Frizzle came from a farm where... She was treated a lot better than the tri- than the chickens from the Tweety farm. Where she told she was, you know, she told Molly, "Oh, they fed us, they cleaned us over. The humans are essentially just like our handmaidens, and they're just really stupid." And I decided to escape it and find freedom. So very similar to Molly, in which she was just bored with her life and she decided to see what was outside of the place that she was uh, raised her entire life. And so they see they they see this um this pickup truck. Well, by the way, uh, going into uh- I think even... the
1: whole narrative, I think, was to set us up basically for, you know, what we're going to experience in, like, you know, in the evil layer of, you know, Mrs. Tweedy and the fact that, you know, the henchmen that she basically hires for this, effectively, they're not your green berets. Like, you know, they are basically, like, you know, they're, they're your idiot henchmen that you expect to, like, see in every, like, you know, superhero movie, basically, that the superhero actually beats up pretty easily. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, I mean, you weren't exactly going to get, like, grade-A soldiers, are you, for, like, you're know, protecting a chicken nugget factory, <laughs> are you? Like, yeah, you know, and, yeah. You weren't,
0: and you weren't going to get any, like... Uh, um, scientists with PhDs except for one that we're going to con- you basically um protect the security of the entire factory I get that sure we have to make our you know humans idiots But yeah, so the farm that they are able to see in the truck is called Funland Farms, and they are really impressed with it because they see a happy chicken, and it says, like, you know, where chickens go and have their happy endings, and so they decide that they're going to investigate the truck, and all the chickens are wondering, you know, where we'd be taking at, and so then we finally get this, like, really creepy scene in the conveyor belt in which they're being inserted with collars, and then finally they're taken over to this room, and it's just this huge location Uh, it's just this huge room filled with playgrounds and feeding um feeding stands and just overall happy music and then the chickens it, are it, just It reminds
1: being... me of like uh, Pinocchio's Pleasure Island in a way. Like, you know, this is where like all the boys, stupid little boys go and uh, then... Stupid fi- little boys. Yeah, exactly. And then they finally turn into donkeys and yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, But then it also has kind of like a sprinkling of like... I don't know if you remember, remember the movie The Island where like, you know, uh, these... Uh, it was that movie about the, where those people are being held for like, you know, for oh, their yeah. organs and everything and then like, you know, they'd all like win like, you know, this lottery and then but the actual, the actual lottery is basically for them basically up for, like, you know, human organs and stuff like that, if you remember that movie. It was a while back It was ago, you,
0: Yeah, is that the one with Leo DiCaprio? I was
1: it? I'm not too sure. I don't like, it's, uh, been, it's been a long time. It's since. been a long time since I've seen that movie, I mean, and uh, I only ever watched it once. It was like sure. one of those once and never again, kind of like, you know, gotcha. Avengers. But, I mean, I digress. Uh, it's, um, you know, this whole thing is just like, you know, it's obviously fake, and, you know, Molly and Frizzle see right through it, and, you know, they invest try and investigate it, but unfortunately, this is where we get introduced to, you know, Surprisingly Mrs. Tweedy's new husband, yeah, Dr. Uh, Fry. Dr. Fry who uh, obviously has more intellect than probably common sense from the looks of things because uh, I think if he realize how evil Mrs. Tweedy actually was, I mean like uh, yeah, this is the thing Mrs. Tweedy's very good at uh, you know uh, n- you know getting into you know uh, manipulating men to her will and uh, I think that's you know a very you know you know the part of like her evilness I, I think in that regard and like how manipulative she can be uh, in that regard i think you know, she's kind of tends to be like you know good times and money and things like that and yeah uh, it yeah. makes me
0: feel really bad for what happened with mr tweedy basically just his farm that he's had from his family for generations is pretty much destroyed and then mrs tweedy just goes off him you know what? runs I, to the next man because he has land and money
1: i, I would like to see what happens to mr tweedy actually like you know what, what he moved on to basically do and uh, you know like who knows maybe like like, uh, oh, I went. I went back to like you know where I originally came from, and you know where I'm now living a happier life in like in a town or something like that. Like, I don't you know. know. I'm mean, interested to see what happens to Mr. Tweedy. Yeah, that'd actually. be really yeah. nice.
0: I mean, maybe or maybe his life was just absolutely miserable. Maybe he had to work at a different farm because he didn't know how to do anything else.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I would actually be intrigued to see what happened to him.
0: Yeah, maybe like a, a quick cameo or something. Yeah, like
1: you know, I was hoping like you know there'd be a post credit scene where it's kind of like, oh hey, here's Mr. Tweedy Here's Mr. Tweety. If you're wondering what happened. Yeah, to
0: him. I, I I sat through the movie. There's no post credit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, i have been mean, ashamed to actually, I've actually have been intrigued to see what, yeah, you, know, you know, kind of like being a bit of a hero in a way, like, you know, saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, pushing the, you know, he accidentally pushes the door like on top of Mrs. Tweedy in a way, but um, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, so it. we
0: have this. Um, we have uh, yeah, we have this uh, owner of a uh, restaurant known as uh, Reginald Smith from Sir Eats a Lot, who is intrigued by Missus <laughs> Tweedy's new project. I love how
1: Doctor Fry keeps calling, keeps calling him like Sir you know, Sir Eats a Lot is like you know, no, that's just the logo for of our. Of our, uh, of our restaurant. company, restaurant, yeah, and he actually thinks he's a knight and stuff like that, oh my god, he just lacks totally, he's just oblivious to like, you know, <laughs> how the world Yeah, works. for somebody
0: who has degrees in Oxford and, um, what was the other one, um, um... Uh, i forget but yeah for- well basically he, apparently he has like uh, cambridge that's what it yeah, was. He has, he's
1: in he's, he's basically been through oxbridge so basically he's been for uh, university of oxford and university of cambridge and apparently also he's done drama studies as well so, yes like, that's the reason why it's so dramatic <laughs> <laughs> in his delivery which i think i think was, was a very good touch and uh, yeah so like uh, he's basically just a minion effectively like he's like eagle like uh, yeah he's, he's, yeah
0: he's basically again the henpecked husband just like mr tweedy was in the first movie
1: exactly so um, I mean, then we get. So it's quite funny how, like uh, you know, Ginger and Rocky and the gang, uh, you know, are not this time going to be escaping from a f- from a chicken farm. They're actually going to be breaking into one to go get Molly. Yes. And uh, but then obviously it turns into like you know such a bigger thing because now they realise Mrs. Tweedy's actually back, and uh, now there's all these other chickens that you know they're, that uh, they're having to worry about too. So actually, an interesting thing that happened is because they get trapped, and you know Molly, you know, just breaks. This is the first part actually when we find out that Molly. Like, like you know, definitely has you know like a, a breaking point at that point because you know they're all trapped in the silo and she just breaks down and starts crying and like you know this is the moment where you know great storytelling when you know the mother and the father pick up their daughter and say look you know uh, this is m- they, I am going to admit my flaws here and you know you we're you, we're going to get out of this situation and everything like that. I think that was re- I think that was really good how they did that. I
0: do agree, yeah, yeah, especially since she finally knew that the farm was not just some fun place that was going to be free with responsibility Responsibilities and hard work and all that stuff. No, it's a place where chickens are being brainwashed and not knowing they're being killed off.
1: I think I found the scene pretty creepy when they experiment with one chicken and turn her, turn them into nuggets. And you know, you have Gingerly like, saying, "Look, don't listen to, just look at me." And it's just like you know, oh good grief! It's like it's, it's like it's like a death camp. Yeah. It is a death camp. It effect, is a death yeah. camp. What yeah. are you yeah. talking about? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like you know, that that scene was pretty creepy.
0: It was pretty creepy, and especially um, mixed in with the video that Doctor Fry was playing for Reginald Smith. That it's basically like this nineteen 1950- fifty. Um you know introduction video where it's trying to make it like really happy and carefree. It reminds you of
1: the Fallout video. Do videos. Remember we're like you know with uh, oh what's that name of that uh, that um, you know we're mascot? Um, oh, I'm That sure uh, someone's going to remind me. Oh
0: yeah, um, it's uh, what I, I forgot what, yeah, what his name is. Yeah, I forgot his name is. So Va- sh- Vault Boy. Yeah,
1: something. Vault Boy. Yeah. Well, shout out in the comments if you know who the <laughs> guy is. Uh, he's going to be getting you know, his games, game or like, animation or something soon. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. But uh, anyway, um, moving back on to uh, so it kind of reminds you of that in a way and uh, you know like uh, I mean the fact that uh, it keeps the 50s aesthetic of this I think uh, I think is very good I mean like you know you're not going to see like you know I mean, obviously there's like you know modified gadgets in this like uh, I mean uh, it's, it kind of reminds you of, like you know 2 by 4 technology out of Kids Next Coding Kids Next Door in yeah, a way it
0: makes a lot of sense considering that they use that crude technology and uh, original prop gadgets from the first movie when they were able to try to learn how to fly and then they were using it to make the crate so they were able to use that kind of ingenuity but they've improved a lot since then they're able to use the thrust um, you know the, the the belt strap and being able to actually like catapult them up into the wall and then they're able to use um, things to like kind of like swim underwater and try to climb through walls and try to uh, dig underground so they were able to improve a lot with their ingenuity since the first movie
1: yeah like uh, I don't know. is this going to kind of be you know planet the Apes ish right now, no, like. No, not you know, really. Uh,
0: <laughs> I would, I would say that if the first movie was trying to be like, um, you know, the um, the Great Escape, then this movie is kind of like a mixture between like uh, a James Bond movie and the original Mission Impossible. Not the
1: well, if you remember how they left it off now, like you know, Ginger now, you know, so basically uh, the way they, I mean, well, I think we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves. I mean, like, you show you finish the rest of the story and then I'll, I'll yeah, I'll get yeah, you yeah, yeah where we left off. So, um, you know, uh, um, Ginger, I won't. Gets captured, and they try to brainwash it with the with the. Here's the thing about this though: the whole trying to brainwash Ginger scene, like it would have been interesting to see, like hear more about, like you know, the technology of like how these you know you know collars actually work, and like you know basically they just go around their necks and just brainwash them. And it's like you know it's very simple how they. I mean, I guess it doesn't need too much explaining. I guess it's not it's not it's not like you know it's not an anime. It's not like, you know Miyazaki like you know you know explanation thing. I guess, but I mean like it wouldn't because at one point like you know they turn it up to like the normal level of like brainwashing and yet yeah, you know ginger is immune and it's like, well, how does, how is Ginger like more? I mean, I get Ginger is, you know, uh, got more, you know, is, is the leader of the chickens. And like that. And she seems to be, you know, but it's kind of making out that, you know, she seems to be stronger willed than most other chickens actually are. I mean, it Where- makes a
0: lot of sense because of everything that she went through. Like we can assume that these chickens, you know, were just raised in normal farms and then are brought over to the Funland farm and then are being completely brainwashed. So, you know, they don't know any better.
1: Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's kind of making sound like, you know, is this, you know, is Ginger, like, you know, the avatar of chickens or something like that? Like, is she, like... I just
0: think that... I just believe that she just went through a lot more trauma that she is unable to be, like, immediately manipulated.
1: I guess so. I mean, like, if that's what it's based on, like, you know, I'd be interested to see... You know, this is why I want to see, you know, more of the chickens, chicken run law, you know, if anything. Like, you know, if Ginger is in a state where, you know, she seems to have, like, you know the inabilities like you know be swayed by technology or by other things and like you know she has this very strong will I mean like uh, you know where, uh, I mean, I'm interested in where the story would further go from you know this movie if yeah. anything like you know uh, Ginger's story about like you know how does it like affect her in later life yeah I mean like uh,
0: unfortunately she wasn't able to hold it for long because when Mrs. Tweedy cranked it to 11 no I'm not joking but literally I- cranked it to 11 it, 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 at first it made it seem like she wasn't being controlled but then after a while she does get but
1: even then, like you know, but I don't know, it's not even all there. Like, if anything, like you know, she's just recalling memories from like you know, uh, pre- from previous conversations that she had from other people. Like, she's even like referring, you know, re- re- is she seems to be even the point where you know, the brainwashing isn't really taking full effect. She, if anything, it's making her think of like her current thoughts that are in her head. Like, you know, with her, con- you know, even re- she even has somewhat the reverse conversation with Molly But I mean, you know, with Molly having to like kind of force her mother around and like you know, she's basically acting like Molly, yes, at that point. So, if anything, the conversation's. Kind of like, you know, going to going 180 mm-hmm. between a mother and a daughter, you know, with a collar on. Right. So even then, it's not, the brainwashing isn't it's taking exactly full effect. And this is like, you know, double the power that, you know, all the other collars currently have. Keep this in mind. So I don't know. It kind of makes Ginger seem to be like a more, I mean, I don't want to say more superior chicken than to all her other characters, but it seems to give her, like, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a superpower in a way. Like, you know, something that makes her a bit stronger than all the other ones. You know, I get that she's the leader of the chickens, and that's probably the reason why, but I mean, it's just. It's just interesting. Like it can feels like they're hinting at something that they they would tell in a further story down the line. I don't know.
0: Hmm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I also really like the little side plot that is going on with Rocky, Nick and Fetcher where Rocky is trying to rescue Molly and then he gets himself trapped in the junk pile and then Nick and Fetcher come along and then they're going into the the furnace where they're going to almost be burned to a crisp and then you have the the you know you have the umbrella coming in and then you have uh, Rocky trying to rescue both Molly and Ginger when he sees it's them. It's kind of
1: funny. I thought they were going to make a Star Wars reference with like, you know, the junk, you know, like oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, so instead they make a Toy Story three reference. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair,
0: I think they kind of already did the whole Star Wars reference in the first movie. Yeah,
1: they did. But so, uh, oh, no, they made well, they made a lot of Indiana Jones references in. Oh that. yeah, that, that's remember? right. Yeah, yeah Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, Star Wars. I mean, like uh, no, there's no. Know, okay, but, you're right. Oh yeah, well, Star Trek actually, because you remember like there was a Klingon. You know, oh, messages, that's yeah. right. Star yes. Trek. Yeah, exactly. Star Trek. I'm
0: I'm confusing that. Yeah,
1: because yeah. like you know this is the thing like you know if you notice in Chicken Run like you know they do make, they didn't make a lot of movie callbacks mm-hmm. you know in some of this you know there's James Bond there's Mission Impossible. You know, like uh, they actually call it, you know, an impossible mission. Like you know, it's like oh, yes. shouldn't it be the other way around? A like, mission impossible. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, so yeah, so like you know, there's a lot of movie references in this if you if you pay attention to them. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that I think that's really good.
0: Yeah, I do think that's really good too. And um, yeah, I think that the climax was actually really really awesome. The the way that they were able to pull out all the stunts so that they can be able to rescue all of the chickens and not just Frizzle.
1: Well, if you remember, like, uh, they were all going to escape, but then you know, uh, Ginger turns back to Molly because Molly doesn't want to leave Frizzle behind. And by the way, that's why I. Thought they were gonna like you know go with like a love interest kind of like you know uh, angle from this because like you know uh, Molly clearly loves Frizzle and doesn't want to leave her behind and wants to rescue her girlfriend so it's kind of like I thought you know I thought that's what they were gonna go with it but they didn't really go all that far by the way um, I mean um they, they I'm gonna done this in the past I mean like if you remember in Flushed Away like you know they between our two main characters you know they look like they were hinting at like at a relationship but it didn't actually get going to go full right through so I mean like you know i don't always follow through with like you know the character relationships all that well maybe it's just the father maybe it's hinted and maybe people can make their own interpretation whether they're a couple or not but I mean from the looks of what I can see it looks like they just got into like you know friendship level at this point yeah, maybe I guess maybe so. in a, maybe in a future maybe in a future story maybe they will get together I don't know we'll see yeah we'll see but uh, I mean I like the fact that you know Molly wants to go back for them and ginger and then you know turns around and says yeah I agree we should go back and save all these chickens and so um I, I hate it when they do this like you know they play the whole thing out like you know the way that it's supposed to go but y- and they say scenes like them rescuing the chickens, but you know, that's just the plan. And then they execute the plan. And you know, it's not going to go that way the minute <laughs> you show it. I really wish they wouldn't do that in these films. I, I mean, wish they, they would they, just they,
0: say. They, they, they kind of did that in the first movie, though. In yeah. which they were talking about, like, okay, we're going to make a crate and we're going to put it all together and we're going to get all of these items from Nick and Fetcher. And
1: Well, I mean, they showed the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, pre, the pretext of the plan. So, like, you know, you've got Fowler flying the crate around. His, in, around his uh, around his bunker, and then you've got like you know, obviously you know, got the rats bringing in like all the stuff and everything like that. So they showed you like you know the the the, the premise of the plan. I think that's what they should have done, you know, for the plan. And then once you know they have said, okay, this is the way he's going to go. Then they go and execute the plan. And obviously it's not going to go to swimming, but to show like the scenes of like them actually trying to execute the plan, you know, he's not going to execute like that. No, so why it's... bother animating it, <laughs> if anything? I'd rather like here okay, this is the plan, and then watch the plan go right. But then finally get get to get to the you know to the end Mm -hmm. if it also like you know I just don't like it when they show oh you they show the whole thing like you know in scenes because you know it's not going to end up that way right you just know it so anyway the plan goes ahead and so um i love the fact that you know at one point you know mrs tweedy obviously gets the fire axe and you know we obviously reflects the scene like her trying to chop you know you know ginger's head off and yeah just like
0: in the first movie yes
1: just like in the first movie like you know you had to have that scene because such an iconic scene like in the first movie but i mean obviously at one point i thought you know she was going to get her come up because you know the the axe was spinning like you know on on this tightrope and you know you see it spinning back you thought oh my god it's gonna chop her head off <laughs> I thought oh wow she's gonna get her going but instead it punches her in the face and then she, like, she falls into the grinder of of, of like you know for so, to make it into chicken nuggets and the, we saw her going into that and we thought oh god is that how she dies <laughs> she gets made into chicken nuggets and then we're kind of like we were looking at like you know the end the conveyor belt like you know of, of like oh all well, the chickens are gonna come out like oh my god they're gonna, actually gonna show human chicken nuggets but instead she just comes out all whole as like you know just all battered and <laughs> bread and like oh <laughs> yeah, and then you just see it's like it's like a live like a like a chicken nugget man, like you know, with a hat. It's like you know, you you'd have to see it to believe it in a way. Yeah, like and, it, and yeah. of course
0: she's not going to be finished. Of course not. She decides that she's going to chase after the chickens when the chickens decide to go inside of the Sir Italad truck. I, and think then that was a
1: ter- I think that was a Terminator reference from the looks of it. Like <laughs> you know, the Terminator's not finished. Yeah, he's going to still try and kill. Yeah, you know, <laughs> J- you know Sarah Connor if he can. So
0: <laughs> yeah, so. Overall, I mean, yeah, I just think that this was just absolutely incredible. The fact that Mrs. Tweety was not going to give up that easily. She's going to get her revenge, whether you know they liked it or not. <laughs>
1: yeah, and uh, I think some people like, thought like you know, oh, I wish there was like more dialogue between Ginger and Mrs. Tweety. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Like you know, they can't talk to one another. Yeah, so what exactly. dialogue would they have?
0: Yeah, of course not. I mean, I and- mean if anything,
1: all Mrs. Tweety can do is monologues of Ginger. She can't really like Ginger can't say anything back. Is like a snappy comment or anything. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like that. I mean, in, in this universe universe yeah chickens don't talk to humans and vice versa but I'm actually really glad that they were able to meet up again and have that bit of revenge and then she even tried to kill Molly when she figured out that Molly was uh, Ginger's daughter so that was actually really tense as well and then that scene in which when Rocky is trying to grab Ginger and Molly and preventing it from falling into the grinder and then Mrs. Tweety just shows up and saying I'm gonna have the three of you make into a whole bucket full of nuggets and you were thinking that oh man you know Is this going to be the end for them? So, yeah, Mrs. Tweety is cranked up in this sequel. And I think that that's just great, especially since um, we didn't think that she was going to show up again. I mean, the last time that we saw her, you know, she was in the, the, the chicken pie machine in the gravy compartment. It exploded. And then a door from the farm fell onto her. It's just like. If she's able to survive that, I guess she could survive anything.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought she would, like, you know, when she came down the stairs, I thought she like have some of like the scarring of like, you know, like some burns or like something like that. Like, you know, but no. I mean, I guess she's, I guess on top of like, you know, being able to, you know, pay for a whole like, you know, you know, chicken farm layer. I guess she managed to get some work done on the side of that as well. I guess I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought there would have been hints of that or something like that. Like, you know, oh hey, I've got all like all these injuries and like, you know, now I managed to like you know cover them up in some way. But yeah, I've. Well, that was kind of what they were going to hint at, like, you know, because at one point, maybe, like, you know, maybe her hair was going to, like, fall off or something like that, like, you know, when the, when the, when the axe was coming around, like, it slices it sliced, sliced off, or like, oh, hey, it's like, you know, she's, like, you know, she's, like, really a monster, and like, underneath all that makeup and, like, all that hair stuff and everything like that. Right. I would have, I would have gone down that direction, but, you know, I guess, you know, uh, giant chicken nugget man, I guess, is something that, I guess, is also kind of haunting as well, I guess. I guess so. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, um, she gets to come up as well, like, you know, she gets blown up by her own you know a robot destroyer ducks and things like that and uh yeah so uh I'm guessing you know Dr. Fry is gonna be another husband that's gonna bite the dust I guess pretty soon yeah Yeah. pretty
0: much yeah
1: oh my god can you imagine if they do another chicken run movie and there's a third husband (laughs) The, what, what would the third husband be in this? Like you know, you've had like you know this oafish husband, and now you've got like you know um, uh, you know um, genius who really has no you know state of reality. And I mean, who's who could potentially the third one be?
0: I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe like an athlete or something.
1: Um, I don't know. Like I'm mean, interested. This, this is the thing. Like this movie makes me want to see more and that's a great thing for a movie like you know when you've had a you know uh just a tiny nugget of this movie i guess you could i guess you could argue and it makes you want to oh yeah i want to know where these characters go from here because by the way they leave it off on an interesting note because you know now that you know um ginger is allowing molly to like you know and also you know frizzle to like leave you know the island to have a look around and see if there's any other chicken farms and then she like you know, she amasses like a bunch of soldiers to like you know go and like you know do raids and like free other the chickens and get them to the bird sanctuary. I mean, like, uh, I mean, they left it off at an interesting note. Yeah, they did. Yeah, like, you know, I'd be interested to in see a third movie. Yeah, I'm I really want to see
0: what happens next. I mean, what, what is the next food they're going to be turned into? The first movie was chicken pies. The second movie was nuggets. Is it going to be, what, chicken sandwiches or chicken kebabs or something like that?
1: I mean, like, uh, I mean, I guess the next movie, I guess, is going to take place in the 60s. Yeah, I guess,
0: I guess if, if it does take place in the 60s, I'll have to look up to see, like, what was popular in the 60s, like KFC or Something like K- like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh
1: well, like you know, it was it was the hippie movement back in the sixties, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it? So, that's like, right. Yeah. So
0: it would have been like veg, you know, like you know vegetarian. Yeah, I options. can probably
1: imagine, like you know, uh, you know Molly's gonna go for like a hippie face, like you know, with uh, with uh, with Frizzle, I guess. gas. You know, yeah, but like then a-
0: again, I think around maybe like the um, around that time, maybe the chicken sandwich was invented, but it, because I think that maybe Chick Fil A would have been around at that time or KFC.
1: Uh, I'm not sure, like because uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, when uh, that all was it was about. I mean, obviously you're gonna look through your food history. Yeah, so I- I'm gonna that. look through
0: my food history. Yeah. But,
1: uh, I mean, if they did do a third movie, I mean, well, there's a couple of things that they would do. Like, you know, obviously the Molly-Frizzle relationship, where's that going to go and uh, see what happens there? Like, you know, if Mrs. Tweedy does come back, I mean, like, uh, what's her next, you know, evil plan that she's going to unleash next? Or do you go with a different villain now? Like, you know, uh, oh, yeah.
0: somebody else other than Mrs. Tweedy.
1: Other than Mrs. Tweedy, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, does Mr. Tweedy come back in the third movie?
0: Ooh, and, uh, maybe he wants to take revenge this time. Or
1: maybe he's going to be like, you know, uh, but, by the way, uh, as of this podcast, we recently saw the uh, the trailer for Kung Fu Bandits for yes. and so uh, yeah like you know, and there's actually callbacks to like you know the first movie i mean what well, we're gonna have to wait for the fourth chicken movie maybe for uh ch- chicken run movie for the uh first tweet mr tweet to come back I, I'm, I I'm just know. i
0: just looked up kfc started in the 50s
1: yeah so uh yeah i mean like uh maybe we end up making references to kfc yeah in uh, in, in that maybe i'm not too sure yeah maybe maybe, maybe the next villain is like you know a giant colonel sanders or something <laughs> I, I don't know like you know, like uh, it ends up being kind of like, well, maybe like it ends up being a situation where you know, maybe our characters and children, maybe they end up going to America maybe yeah you know, like, i mean
0: uh, that could be really interesting i mean you know take it globally this time
1: yeah like uh, you know uh, uh maybe you know ginger rocky and uh, you know uh, molly and maybe a few other ones that I said, you know oh maybe maybe babs say oh maybe we should actually go on holiday and they go to the united states <laughs> maybe maybe they, they should, maybe they should actually go on holiday like babs has always said that they should go yeah on.
0: That'd, that'd be great I, I would love that yeah yeah
1: yeah so uh But, you know, like, uh, for what we have for this movie, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm still going to believe this is real.
0: I I can't believe this is real either. I mean, especially since it took 23 years for this movie to be made. And we thought, okay, is it going to be just, like, a cash grab? Is it going to be just, like, very similar to the first movie? It's like, okay, they went through this, and now they're going to go through that, and they're going to bring some callbacks to the original while not doing a lot of things that are fresh and new. But, no, they were able to become really ambitious with this one. They were able to take a lot more animation... uh, um, techniques that they've never done in the original movie.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, it's a job well done. I And do agree. Uh, I think uh, I'm an animation, I have a lot to be proud of in this movie. Yes. I think, and uh, let's just hope that, you know, it does get the uh, the praise that it deserves, because uh, I think uh, you and I definitely like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're actually going to go to Preston tomorrow as the recording of this, and I know that Nick Park is from Preston, so who knows, maybe they'll have, they'll be having something over there for the celebration of Dawn of the Nuggets. I'm pretty
1: sure we'll find out soon enough, but, uh, I mean, putting that aside... I mean, um, if you've got an Netflix subscription and you haven't seen Chicken Run: Dawn to the Nugget yet, what are you doing? Go see it right <laughs> now! Like, uh, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you want some, if you want some further context of like, you know, what the characters are going through, obviously by all means uh, watch the first movie. But uh, I mean, um, even the, as a standalone movie, I mean, they already give you like, you know, the premise of like, you know, what happens in the first movie, so you don't have to go revisit Chicken Run if you don't want to. You kind of already know where they're up to in in this regard. And uh, you know, the fact that you know it's explained that Rocky, you know. Once had this previous life, and so did Ginger as well. And that Molly is very quizzical about it. And wants to know, like you know, what's outside the island. I mean, that should be enough in itself to, like you know, uh, make you relate with the characters and see what they're going through. You know, in regards to their motivations.
0: Yeah, I think that this movie was able to do a lot of things right. They were able to bring back the characters and you know catches up with what they were doing last time. They were able to introduce new characters that we can be able to gravitate towards. They were able to bring back old villains and tweak them up into in the, the next level of insanity and they were able to do a little bit of a reverse in the plot in which in the first movie it was about escaping and in this movie it was about breaking in. So yeah, they were able to do a lot of really interesting things to the movie and the animation has gotten a lot better since then. I mean, it's a lot more colorful and at the same time is able to keep to the charm of the original film with its stop motion animation but they were able to make a lot more tweaks into it that makes it look incredible. So yeah, I think that if you are really curious if this movie was going to live up to the original I would say definitely check it out it's it was definitely a major surprise for the both of us seeing that it took a long time for this movie to be in production it went through a bit of controversies with the voice changes but I would say check it out it's really great
1: yeah, so uh, I mean, um, I don't know if you want to score it out of ten. And, I mean, uh, it,
0: sure, I guess we, why not? I mean, so, what, I mean, do you remember what we scored the original Chicken Run?
1: Um, I think if uh, I recall, I mean, like, was uh, it like
0: an eight or an eight point five or something? It
1: was. So I mean, I think it was eight or a nine or something like that. Like, uh, I don't think it was. Uh, I might be wrong, but uh, I don't think it was in the top five best. I don't think it was it, not. I think it was an honorable mention if, if I recall. It might have M- been. It might have yeah. been. Yeah. You also forgive us, everybody. It's been a long time since we were we- we've revisited Dream Machine in regards to like you know all the movies that we saw. At Dreamworks, but, uh, I mean, if we... Mind you, putting that aside, if we had to, you know, put this, uh, this alone, I mean, like, uh, the, the characters are great, I mean, the animation is fantastic, as we know, stop-motion animation, it's, you know, really well done, uh- the music is really good. I mean, the sound is really is really good in this regard. I mean, like um, I tell you what, I think I think if it had to be, but mind you, I mean there are criticisms in regards to you know um, uh, in regards to some like you know these not all the characters always getting like you know the the proper evolution. I think that they deserve. I think you know there are some you know questionable aspects of it, but I mean I'd be kind of cruel if I didn't go in, if go like you know at least somewhere near the ninth. So I think I'll say I think I'll say eight point five.
0: Yeah, I'll say eight point five as well. I think that this movie was able to do a lot of things right. Would we wanted to see more development of the characters? Sure. Would we like to see some of the tweaks when it came to the storytelling? Sure. But, the, but I'm just as surprised that it was good as it was. So yeah, 8.5 sounds about right. Cool. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our discussion of Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Let us know in the comments below about what you thought of this movie. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, Did you think it was like somewhere in the middle? Uh, Do you want to see more installments of Chicken Run now that it's been out on Netflix? Uh, Let us know about that. That's it. Hope to see you around soon. Take care.
1: Cool. And have an excellent day. Bye.